Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, Head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome episode 152A, Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. It's great to be with you from my hotel room in beautiful Sudbury, Ontario. Getting into the home stretch of Shorzy Season 2. I'll be home in Newfoundland on May 11th for those who give a shit. And uh, right now it's, what the fuck is it? It's May 2nd, so I guess I'll be home in just over a week. And the first thing I'm going to talk about, obviously, obviously, is the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to say one thing about the Toronto Maple Leafs, actually. Um, for you Leaf fans, I'm going to say two things. Two things about the series that everybody else probably isn't talking about. Some people are. But, uh, you know, I don't want to go through all the best players at a point of game and they stepped up at the right times and Samsonov played well when he needed to. The moves that Dubas made clearly paid off. Sheldon Keefe. Started the series on a poor note, I thought. Uh, changing lines 10 seconds into the series. Show a bit of doubt in his best players, but he rebounded and had a great series, I thought, too. But outside of all that, which I thought was obvious, I want to give some flowers to 
Matthew Nines. The guy's 20 years old. He came in the NHL playoffs. I was a skeptic. I said, you know, why put him in? I would rather put an average veteran in than a kid with potential at that particular time. If you're a, a, a team that's expected to win all that pressure with so many superstars and, and you know, to go up and, and, and not only play but play a lot – I'm one of the top lines be relied on to get the puck to the fucking heart trophy winner. I thought, no way. There ain't no way. And you know what he did? He said, Terry, shut the fuck up, you dinosaur. You fucking idiot. I'll go out there and I'll do what you couldn't. So hats off to him. And uh, I love being wrong. And the fucking mother, fucking motherfucker. What am I talking about? Um, the fucking guy. Not only proved me wrong, he wasn't just sufficient. I thought he played real well. He might not have, I don't know how many points he had. I think he had a few assists. <clears throat> I don't think he had a goal. We'd know about it. But uh, well, let's see. Let's see what Matthew Nyes had. My point was just that he, he he looked poised. He looked like a veteran. He made smart plays. He didn't make too many mistakes. Uh, and I just didn't see that coming. What a great thing if you're the leaves and you have a, 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 you know a card like that up your sleeve you know you didn't have to trade it was just good drafting and they should get some kind of flowers for that i mean he was 50 50 odd hold on now let's see let's see what i'm talking about here matthew nice fucking hotels it the turtle like wi-fi okay Okay, so five games, three assists. But he was on the ice, I think, for four of the game winners. I mean, the guy, 6'3", 210, really used his size well. Um, I thought he played both ends of the rink well. It, it, again, he had three three games in the regular season, all the last games that meant nothing. So everybody was sitting there, players. I mean, he played well in those, but I, I was still a skeptic. After game one, I was still a skeptic, going, yeah, he played pretty well, but I don't think he can keep this up. The fucking guy was one of the best players in the series. One of the best quiet players in the series. So anyway, hats off to him. Not easy. Where's he from? Matthew Nyes from Phoenix, Arizona. Another example of a guy that wouldn't be there if the Jets hadn't moved to Phoenix years ago. Say that. You got to... If you build it, they will come kind of mentality, right? All kinds of players now coming from Phoenix. You'd never see that 20, 30 years ago. Just like Switzerland internationally, right? They opened their doors to a lot of imports, made it easier to play in Switzerland. A lot of Canadians went over there. Now it's very, the, the cultures, there's a lot of Canadians involved that are now Swiss. I mean, a lot of people, dual citizenship now. It's a nice place to live, so a lot of people stayed there. Not just Canadians, but experienced hockey players from all over the world. Lots of Canadians. And uh, anyway, now you see Switzerland making more and more of a dent on a world level. The game's becoming more global. The other thing I wanted to say about the Leafs, Michael Bunting. I was on him, too. That stupid fucking game one play, you know, I don't give a fuck. And he's complaining to the refs, me, me, me. Really, honestly, if I was a coach, I would have sat him the fuck down after his suspension, too. But... They lost, right? He was suspended for three games. He was out. Then he's ready to come back. But you know what, Michael? The team's winning without you, even though a couple of those wins, the ones in Tampa, I think the Leafs maybe got outplayed, but you find a way. And for those saying, well, the Leafs got outplayed. Look, yeah, but they they also outplayed their opponent 
two or three of the last five years and lost. That's the way it goes. I could say that about Tampa Bay with Vasilevsky at, at various points over the last few years. That was what the Leafs needed. They needed to get figure out a way. Sometimes you get outplayed, but you figure out a way, right? And they did. So I feel like I'm fucking sitting here every week. The Leafs are in the playoffs, and, and, and you know, they're Canadian. Why am I always fucking talking about the Leafs? I guess it's my buddy Dave Roper, like I talk about, the equipment manager there, good friend from home. But I'm sure a lot of you Canadians and a lot of you interested fans, you know, it's a topic. They, I mean, fuck, five game sevens in a row, 12 elimination games. Now they're back to square, so at least. And, I mean, it's relevant. So getting back to bunting, getting back to bunting, uh, yeah, I thought it was stupid. I would have sat him out too. But when you lose, you know, you change the flavor a little bit. And when he came back, he shut the fuck up. He did his job. He didn't step over the line. He didn't tell the referees to go fuck themselves. He played composed. I thought he played hard. And he played with an element of, ah, what's the word? Fear isn't the word. I don't, because he wasn't, I don't mean fear of the other team. Fear to really fuck up like he did. Um, but that's not the right word. Maybe it's respect for his situation and respect for the game. And the fucking guy did that. And uh, when he plays and he's on, he's a very, very effective player. And uh, he played a top-notch playoff game the other night. So that's it. The Leafs got in. 19 years of playoff woes are erased. And uh, for all you Leafs fans, it must be nice, you know, to uh, almost go almost two decades and it's just one round, but it felt like the Stanley Cup. And, you know, you got to start somewhere. And uh, that's it. Anyway, Bunting and Nyes, I thought, were underrated in that series. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. With the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can bet on things like money line, puck line, over, under, and more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for complete offer details. Thanks to Andrew and Sanon for coming on the podcast. Uh, we had a, some nice feedback uh, regarding the first assist program which should be picking up momentum here as time moves forward into the summer. So uh, I, I, he mentioned the website. If you want to check it out or donate, feel free. It's a very exciting program full of all kinds of opportunity for young Canadians and uh, largely members of the Indigenous community that, uh, you know, they appreciate it. They appreciate it. I enjoy working with... Uh, the new kids, like I mentioned, up north. That was uh, every year or two. Uh, YouTube. Listen. 
I'm going to be back on YouTube soon. Uh, I had a few questions about that. It's just a little bit hard from the setup that I currently have here in my hotel room in Sudbury. But merchandise, I'm going to have that. I'm going to have a link tree shortly on my Instagram, okay? Told you guys I got a drink coming out. Um, I'm going to wait a little bit on it. I, I want to get all my ducks in a row. Takes a while to do this. We had the idea, I think, in September. So um, the drink's going to be a little bit... I was thinking the fall, maybe even this time next year, right on the heels of hopefully another successful season of Shorzy and, uh, you know, things that are going on in my life. I'm going to do a lot of appearances, things like that. And I need people in in, in line to help me with the social media part. Um, I don't know anything about making drinks. You know, I'm learning as I go. And I got a great group um, led by my buddy Taran Sam with the Sandman who's been on here. They're going to help me out. But the point is I want to put out the... I want to market it before it comes out. So I, what I'm trying to do, like the last couple of months have been about, is coming up with a logo, and we want to sell some merch that might. There are going to be some similarities, right? I, I want to cross-brand everything. So the drink, when it comes out, will have a similar logo to my podcast and anything else. I, mean, I plan on putting out some hoodies, you know, trucker hats, shit that I wear that I find comfortable that I think might sell. And I'm going to give a portion of it to some charity. I haven't really decided. But the thing that I – closest to my heart, I like to see – I don't know. I like it to hit home somehow. So I think I might donate some money from each purchase to kids who need hockey equipment that want to try it out. Nowadays, the biggest obstacle, honestly, in playing hockey is just affording the gear and the registration. And that's so fucking sad, right? I mean, I don't know, man. My, my, my dad was a teacher, and my mom often didn't work. When she did, she worked for minimum wage, packing lotto tickets, things like that, whatever she could. Smart woman, went back to university, got all A's for two years, and dropped out really to support my dad and then me. And they up and left and, and came to BC with me because they couldn't send me out there. They didn't have the money. So they flew out with me to be with me. And dad made money out there, you know, and Tri-Cities, of course, gave him some under the table, the old golden handshake, you know, whatever it was for me to be out there. And, but it wasn't easy and they couldn't, you know, I was in no extra programs or anything growing up. My dad would have hockey schools. So my buddies and I would go to them and I'd have it for free and he'd make, you know, an, an insignificant amount of money. He was a teacher. He had the summers off and he put off the hockey school, brought Paul Boudelier in, um, who was a Stanley cup winner with the Islanders who also lived in Atlanta, Canada, but dad did all that for, so I could, me and my buddies really could have an opportunity. And it wasn't just me and my buddies, everybody. I mean, he, he enjoyed teaching the game and, and giving back. Dad was big into it for the eighties and, and, and part of the nineties. And then when he gave up, he just gave up, but he really did put in his time. And, um, you know, I remember things like that. That's opportunities that I had that I would never have had, honestly. And right now, I, I know what I wouldn't be able to play. I know what the, the costs are. I know what they are. I mean, my, you know, my experience in the last, what, 10 or 20 years, I, I coach a lot. You know, I brought BJ's son, Tyson. You know, I raised him, and he went through the system. He played AAA and all that. And um, even right before him, like I've got an idea what it costs, and just straight up with Tyson, I mean, it was ten thousand before 
the year even started. You know, that's just fees that go with playing triple A, you know, a pretty basic. I'm not talking extra schools or anything. I mean, he did go to them. He went to uh, a lot of hockey clinics nowadays. You know, a lot of it's all year round. I encouraged other sports, but you pay for what you pay for. And if you make the midget triple A's, and I'm not just singling out St. John's or Newfoundland as having some sort of expensive program. That's the way it goes. Now, Newfoundland, now there's extra costs because we got to fly. If you want to play against the best competition, you've got to fly. I always was fortunate to have that. I played in Mount Pearl, was the only organization in Newfoundland I know of that if you just made any all-star team, you automatically went on a trip. Everybody knew it. The Blades go on a trip. Now, if you win, you go on another trip, right? If you win the provincials and there's other kind of play, play downs. So I did leave the island to play, but never like, Dad, can you can you pay for me to go and play with Team Atlantic? That was happening, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't afford it, right? And, and we, I never really lacked for anything growing up. People supported me. My pop, you know, retired veteran, he built his house with his own hands. They all made sure that there was with his own hand, fucking blew his right hand off in the war came back and literally i'm serious like he built a large part of that with just his left hand and he was a stubborn fucking guy so he did a lot of it just to prove people that he couldn't glad that that gene is somewhere in me because i think at times it's paid off not that i'm that ballsy but um anyway um you know for me growing up yeah it i look at it man i was so fucking fortunate dad coached the junior team so that was all free ice time if he coached, right, and then, I don't know, if his practice was 9 to 11, and they got off the ice at 10.23, 10.33. You know, the coach often, it's an hour and a half practice. Now you guys do what you want. And if the players filed out, sometimes they'd all get off at 11.42. But if I had 8 or 10 or 18 minutes of skating, it was all worth it. And over the course of fucking game after game, day after day, year after year, I was on the ice for all kinds of extra hours that my friends and competition wasn't and they were honestly that started all around then with people trying to go all year round and play but i never did i swear to you and my dad wouldn't let me i'm serious senior people think that he pushed me to play hockey and everything he wouldn't fucking let me play after the season was over here's your baseball glove go try out for the baseball team here's your soccer ball you want to play there you go but you're not fucking skating I'll burn these gates before you put them on. And that's the way we did it. That was it. August came, so I would have been off like right around now or when's Easter, like, you know, a month ago. Anytime around then, like between April and May, I would be done. And then I'd put my skates on again in early August, maybe go to a high. I'm not saying I didn't skate in August, but June and July, never, ever, ever. And now it's like, uh, for some people, it's when they play the most hockey. It's fucking crazy, these specialty programs and shit. But anyway, it's evolving the game. I mean, you can't argue with the skill level of the players and where the game's going and everything. I just think people got to take a breath, fucking play other sports, whatever it would be. But point of it all is that there's good players that need help. I don't want to name them, but uh, during that time with Tyson when he was growing up, there was two or three players that I noticed that were fantastic that needed help to move away. I mean, it's one thing it's expensive anywhere, but if you're a good player in Newfoundland, like you, there's no way to pull it off. Like you have to leave at a certain point, right? Again, for the competition and it's not easy. It's, it's, it's not 
cheap. You got to have everybody going. If you've got brothers and sisters, it's another little bit of a monkey wrench. You got to go to a good build or a good school that, you know, has people that are really in your corner. So anyway, without going into it, and I'm not saying I'm going to give all the sales. I'm not trying to be fucking good Samaritan here. Oh, by the way, I'm going to sell a fucking shirt for 30 bucks and give like 20 away. No, but you know, I don't know. I'll talk to people that are working with me. If something sells for 30 bucks, I guess I'll give five away. Why not? Right. Um, to a good cause. So something like that, but pay attention soon. It's going to be a TR brand, something like that. I never did love. I like the name tales with TR, but it doesn't really lend much for merch, right? Like spitting chiclets is a great name. It's really marketable. You can put it on a shirt. You can put it on it. You got a great logo. Funny because none of those guys are actually missing their chiclets. The logo more goes with my flavor. But, 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 I'm not complaining. I'm saying, being that guy, I have no tooth. But, uh, you know, the, I was just saying, oh, mine tails with T. You know, e even for me to wear that, it's a little bit pompous, isn't it? Oh, you're wearing your own shirt. You're promoting your own stuff. Right with TR, I mean, people promote it. But if if it was, you know, something that rolled off the tongue, I don't want to say and give anybody an idea. And it wasn't so personal. Tales with me, TR. Look at my picture. Look at my picture on my shirt. Everybody come to me. I don't like that. You know. So in hindsight, I would have named my podcast something different. But uh, I am going to kind of put a little twist on it and. The shirts and the merch won't necessarily be Tales with TR. I think they're going to be TR brand, and I'll go from there. And um, I'm going to have some stuff for you guys real soon. So pay attention, and uh, if if you're into it, uh, I'm really excited. I'm working with some great people, and they're going to help me out. So there's that. Let's face it. With coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe that you definitely shouldn't sleep on are Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, all without breaking the bank. Spending less on earbuds means you don't have to worry about breaking the bank, and are a great entry point if you're looking for your first pair of high-quality wireless earbuds. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy-now, pay-later options, and right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. Plus, they have an easy and free return guarantee. Still not sure? They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few extra bucks, and they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. But don't just take it from me. Raycon has over 50,000 five-star reviews, and it's easy to see why when you look at their great features like noise isolation and eight hours of playtime with their everyday earbuds. Plus, if you're looking for earbuds that you can wear at the gym, Raycon's earbuds are water and sweat resistant. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash 
THPN. Uh, I've got to go, actually, but and I will answer. God, I can't. I never get to these questions. But I had a question asked me if I've ever seen brothers, because a lot of brothers play hockey, and I, I can't remember who asked me this. Sorry, I wrote it down. I had so many fucking messages. I knew I wouldn't find it on my on my phone. I wrote it down. So apologies here. I know you were out west, and I think you were in Saskatchewan. Whoever it was that messaged me said that they saw John Morasti play growing up. I believe it was out that way. So to answer your question, if I ever seen two brothers fighting, well, of course, first of all, Wayne Primo and Keith Primo fought. I don't know either one real well. I went to camp with Wayne Primo. I met him a few times. I've been in the same room. I think Wayne would remember who I was. Um, when I said I went to camp, it was World Junior Camp. It wasn't, wasn't NHL camp. Um, he was with Buffalo then. Real early on. So Wayne was a big guy. Keith Primo, his brother, I believe, went third or fourth overall. Keith's a few years older. One of the most underrated players, I think, of his generation. Wayne was good. Keith was like Team Canada good and underrated on Team Canada because there were so many stars around him. But Keith was about six buck and five. And uh, the best years I remember, man, were with the Red Wings. But uh, he, he got around a little bit. He was a fucking... Very underrated player. But anyway, Keith Primo and Wayne Primo fought one night. And that wasn't anything to do with, with my experience. That was televised. Check that out. Um, whatever your name is, I forget. And uh, as far as me, I, I played with a guy in junior, actually, in Tri-Cities. I know a lot of you listen from Tri-Cities. You probably don't know this because it largely went under the radar. But uh, before Wayne and Keith fought, Wayne Primo and Keith Primo, in, that was in the late 90s in the NHL. Well, in the mid-90s, it would have been 94, 95, I guess, or 93, 94. But Chad Kamek, who I knew from the uh, Cranbrook Colts in the Rocky Mountain Junior Hockey League, um, he got called up to Tri-Cities when I was there as a 16-year-old. He would have been 18 or 19. And uh, Chad could fight, definitely. And uh, I think he could play a little bit, too, but he didn't even really try. He just came in and let everybody know that he was going for the tough guy role. And uh, but by getting in like a fight every shift, so uh, and we needed somebody, you know, we did. There was uh, all of our best players were spark plugs and and young, like myself and Lankow. Like you know, we were we were sixteen, seventeen, fighting a lot, and then as as time progressed, you know, the coaches and GMs real GM realized th these are going to be our better players here. Like we don't really want them fighting so much, so we made some trades guys like Rob Butts, Ryan Brown, and we tried to bring in some free agents that could do it, and one was Chad Kamek. Well, we went to Portland, and one of Portland's tough guys was Dave Kamek. Dave had been traded to Portland from somewhere in the Western Eastern Division, I can't remember. But, you know, it was kind of unexpected, and I remember Chad on the bus going, you know, fuck, I'm playing against Dave tonight, he's their tough guy. You know? Like, I'm probably going to have to fight him. And uh, we kind of laughed. I didn't see it happening. Um, I mean, the other night they made a big deal out of like two brothers hitting each other. And, and I'm like, yeah, fuck. I mean, these guys fought. So, yeah, anyway, Chad went out and said, well, he just told me. I remember him just saying it on the bench, saying, I'm going to go ask my brother right now. And they went out and uh, it was no joke. They they weren't fucking around. They had a good fight. And uh, they actually, and they, they were like real, real fucking pissed. They went to the penalty box. I think Chad threw a fucking water bottle. They were fucking sour. They looked like brothers, you know? You At first you think, wow, brothers fought? And then you think, yeah, brothers fought. Of course they did. They probably fought a fucking hundred times growing up. A year separated, two tough guys. 
growing up in fucking Western Canada on a farm somewhere. Of course they fucking fought. Anyway, that's my experience, and I'm sure that has to have happened in other leagues. Um, you know, I, I just don't know. That's my experience. So there you go. Thanks for asking. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. I've got to take off and go beat Teddy Hitchcock for the next uh, eight or nine hours. It's been great. It's been great in Sudbury, and uh, when it's all said and done and season two's in the bag, I'm going to uh, give a specific shout-out. It's not just the actors here. I have the actors on and everything, but really the crew is a big part of it. As you heard me and Andrew talking about last uh, episode, uh, the crew are real important to us and their friends, and uh, I think they deserve as much of a mention as anybody. And uh, there's some people on there that are real near and dear to my heart, and we'll get... Hopefully to even have them on my podcast. I won't mention who they are yet. We're going to have Tassia tell us um, in just a couple days. And a lot of you know Tassia from The 100. I know she kind of rose to superstardom from there. And she plays Nat on Shorzy. Really looking forward to that conversation. So thanks again for tuning in, folks. This has been 152A. If you're downtown St. John's, okay, downtown St. John's, you're browsing, you're looking for a beer, where would I go? You know where I'd go? I'd go to Trinity Pub. I'd go to the Bull and Barrel. I'd go check out TJ's Pub. I'd check out Green Slaves for sure. I'd check out the Martini Bar. And why not? The Bull and Barrel. Favorite little rock and roll hole in the wall in the world. If I'm going to go for a bite to eat, I would always start with one of three places. Merchant Tavern or Blue on Water. If I'm not downtown, if I'm over around Elizabeth Avenue, why not? In the East End, why not? Wedgwood Cafe. I ran by my good buddy, Peter Wedgwood. Mr. Lube, two locations, Torbay Road and Kenmount Road. Live, laugh, lube. Rope walk lane, power conditioning. Strength and balance for the body and mind. Ryan Power at Power Conditioning. I'm living proof. It can change your life. Pitbull Pain Relief, pitbullpainrelief.com. The pain sticks that don't quit. I fucking love them, and I use them every, pretty much every day of my life. They really help with the aches and pains of age and uh, sports and everything else. And, of course, true hockey, take what's yours. Folks, thanks a lot for tuning in. This has been 152A. Be back in just a few days with Tasia. Tell us. Catch you on the rebound.